I'm really sorry about this movie too. What do you mean? It just yeah, it's it's a really tough movie, you know. It's um, and and some people. Yeah, well, it's it's a, it's not a bad movie. I mean, it's a terrible it, movie, but it's not a bad movie for this podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. All right, folks, we are talking about the 2005 movie Feast, directed by John Gallagher, written by Patrick Melton, Marcus Dunstan. This is the... Uh, winner of the third season of Project Greenlight. And before we jump into this, we are recording this in early December, uh, and the COVID-19 pandemic is at its worst. So if you're sitting at home listening to this podcast thinking, and it sounds like these guys are on a Zoom meeting, it's because we're on a Zoom meeting. Zoom meeting so, yeah. <laughs> so Jesse, looks like uh, they had about a $2 million budget for this movie. Yeah. Which is practically nothing by current Hollywood standards. Hell no, um, yeah. Like on all of the Project Greenlight films, this was a very limited release. Uh, yeah. They, they grossed uh, just over $650,000 at the box office, which means they are the perfect amount of failed for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have <laughs> movie. They have no idea what I'm talking about. I look like a crazy person talking about this movie. This is the uh, debut for John Gallagher as a um, director. Yeah. He's done a few things since then. Did all three of the Feast movies. Uh, Thank you, Gallagher. Made a, a movie called Zombie Night and another movie. Let's see if you can guess what this one is about. Piranha 3 Double D. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, you know, it gets a lot of like that movie, you know, for different reasons. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think all of his movies are are right on the nose. I mean, there's no there's no cleverness about the premise of his films. If you've read the title, you know exactly yeah. what this one is about. It says it on the tin every time. <laughs> uh, the writers, these two guys appear to be joined at the hip. If one of them's working on a project, the other one is working on that exact project. They worked together on uh, on this film. They worked together on Saw Four, the final chapter, and a few other movies. But but I mean, there's very few writing credits where you see just one of these guys. They're they're right they, there together. Uh, they, they probably like uh you know ghost write on each other. If if they're not even located on the credits, you know they're both writing on the the same thing. Right. And there's a, there's a few uh, members of the cast of this that are the same way, you know, they, oh, all, yeah. that these guys all work on projects together. Misery loves company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not making any real box office winners out there, uh, but that's okay because we we need people to write movies like this. Yeah, I mean, you don't get that a lot, like especially this kind of pedigree because this movie's got a pedigree kind of. I mean, like the people that's worked on it and. Uh, well, just, just behind the scenes work on it and stuff, too. I mean, there's a lot of people that went into this with a heart, you know, and, and they made a movie. And uh, you, you could tell that on the yep. screen. You, you really see it. 
And you can also tell they're kind of just having fun with this one too. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I think they're that's, and that's probably true of most of the movies that we're going to cover. The actors go into this saying, I'm a serious, I'm an actor, I'm a professional and this movie sucks. So let's have fun with it. Have fun with it. That's, 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 that's the golden stuff. Yeah. It is. I agree completely. Run down the cast real quick. And this is one of the things that I that uh, tipped me off in this movie that this was going to be uh, straight up cheese. The <laughs> script, the script does not introduce the characters. The title cards introduce the characters. Yeah. Very, very comic book style entry. Kind of like what? A book or video game. Like everybody's got a rundown. Yeah. Like, it's like those cards on the back of G.I. Joe. It's like, this is this guy's name. This is what he does. Uh, background information. He's a Libra. He likes to go like ice skating, you know. It's like, that's what you get at the beginning of this movie. Flashcards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, is their motivations and like their fears and stuff, you know? And there was a, a real effort here to try to get a laugh as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the title cards. As, a, as somebody watching the movie, what that tells me is that I probably shouldn't take this too seriously as a horror film. These awesome. guys really think they're funny also, and that's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So run down the cast real quick. We got Dwayne Whitaker as boss man. Boss man. Uh, this guy has been a TV character actor since 1986. Yeah. He mostly plays the same, you know, kind of white guy dirty uh bedruggled kind of hungover he was in devil's rejects he was in pulp fiction as the creepy guy you know that had the uh chop and uh my favorite thing i seen him in was the dust of dawn 2 Texas blood money or something like that he was like the guy that got hit with the vampirism you know he was also in texas chainsaw massacre 3 and rob zombies remake of halloween 2 yeah um, playing creepy white guys with like Eight o'clock shadow. <laughs> cigar in his mouth. That's his look. You know, it you'll is. never miss this guy in a movie because there's he his character always looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's like his beard is painted on too. That's not real hair. It's like weird. He looks like a Dwayne Whitaker. He looks like a Dwayne Whitaker. Yeah. If somebody was to say to you, it's Dwayne Whitaker, you know exactly what he looks like. Skeevy. Okay, next up is Bozo, played by Balthasar Getty. The only thing I got to say here is you must respect a man with a Dungeons and Dragons name. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't risking that saving throw. He's been around. I thought he was dead for like the longest time, but I think he, that was a rumor. I think he might be, you know, he's still alive. But uh, he's been here, like acting forever. Right. Appeared in Young Guns 2, Mr. Holland's Opus, and Natural Born Killers. Yeah, he was in Lord of the Flies. He was, he was like the main character. Yeah, in that. he was. TV credits include uh, recurring roles on Charmed and Alias. Yeah, I remember him on Charmed. Uh, he was also in that movie, The Tripper, which is a great horror film. Uh, it's, it's about Ronald Reagan going around at this hippie festival, just hacking the shit out of all these kids. <laughs> it's so funny man he's like ronald reagan and he's got like texts and it's david arquette produced that which that probably explains a lot about that movie yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to add that one to our list 
Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Josh Zuckerman as Hot Wheels, Bozo's uh, brother in a wheelchair. He's got get- some TV credits, some respectable TV credits. Uh, recurring roles on CSI Miami, Kyle XY, Desperate Housewives, and the 2011 reboot of 90210. He was, uh, he was also a young Dr. Evil in Goldmember. Yes, he was. Tra- traumatizing. That was, that was a weird movie. And he's been in so many short films. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's his thing right there. You know, if you're making a student film, you're making a short film, you want something to go to Tribeca, he's there for you, man. He just hangs out on campus all day. Eileen Ryan as grandma. This is one of my favorite characters of the entire in the entire movie. Me too. Me too. And uh, she's been around forever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. She's playing been gra- been playing bit parts since 1960. My favorites are probably uh, Magnolia. I forgot she was like a grandmother in that. That's a weird movie. That's too long. Like the grandma in Parenthood, I think. The 88 movie with like Steve yep. Martin. Yes, she did. At close range. Like uh, the, what is it? Sean Penn and like uh, Christopher Walken are like, you know, thieves, you know. And they're like like little white trash mafia and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. A great movie. She played the grandmother in that. She loved grandma. Well, yeah, she's got that look. She can be a generic grandmother and play it pretty well. TV bits. She's been in CSI, Little House on the Prairie, Ally McBeal, Bonanza, the original Twilight Zone. Yeah. In some of those movies, she played two or three different characters in the same season. <laughs> yeah. She was like one of those, like on Law and Order, you would see them like, That's... oh, you on there last season? Yeah. This, this guy died three episodes ago. What's he doing back? Oh, oh, he's a teacher this time. Last time he was a homeless guy. There you go. <laughs> it, it, that explains the suit, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Krista Allen as Tuffy. This is one of those characters that I want to like, but I, I, no, I just can't. You you feel like they want you to like her, so it's like, eh, it's too much. You're putting too much on me. Exactly. And they um, they for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, she's had uh, recurring roles in Days of Our Lives, CSI, Baywatch, and another Charmed alumnus there. Yeah. My other favorite character in this one, Clue Gulliger, who is the bartender. Hell yeah. And <laughs> he's got the best lines because he deserves the best lines. That guy's a TV legend. He's also the director's dad. Yes. Well, yeah. That, that, yeah I just love this guy's delivery, man, in anything. Yes, I, I agree completely there. Uh, he's been a character actor from 1955 to present, appeared in uh, Return of the Living Dead, Nightmare on Elm right. Street 2. Oh, hell yeah. That parrot blew up on his face in that one. That's that's how everybody wants to be remembered. A parrot blew up a parrot on my blew face. Up on his face and a pretty <laughs> man. That living room was hot as shit. He was also in uh, The Hidden. which I don't is know like- that one. It's a weird alien movie where, like, the alien, it's kind of like that one where, like, that angel or that demon goes body to body, but it's an alien, right? Okay. And uh, it's great. It's uh, it's just a really good movie. It's overlooked a lot, but it's scary as shit. Okay. The next three on the list uh, for the cast are in the how the hell did they get these guys uh, category. And I think uh, I think Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had some something to do with that. Oh, uh, we got Henry Rollins as coach. He does a lot of movies, uh, you know, so that's not that surprising. But yeah, I mean, 
He does a lot of everything, honestly. Spoken word album. uh, Yeah. Lead singer of Black Flag and the Henry Rollins Project and all that. And voice work in so many cartoons, including Batman Beyond, Adventure Time, Teen Titans, and the upcoming Masters of the Universe miniseries. No way. He's in that? He's in it. What is he doing? He is Triclops. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that is awesome. Uh, he also had recurring roles in Sons of Anarchy, Z Nation, and Con Man. He also helped Johnny Mnemonic talk that Dolphin and Johnny Mnemonic. Yes, he did. <laughs> so thank you for helping Johnny with that Dolphin thing. <laughs> Next up on the list, Jason Muse. Now, IMDB and all the all the other listings have him credited as Edgy Cat, but the title card just shows his real name. Yeah, Jason Muse. Yeah, I like his title card, too. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Judah Friedlander is the beer guy. My man. This is probably one of my, why it's one of my favorite movies, because I identify with Beer Man. I think, I, yeah, he's one of the most relatable characters in the whole thing, and, and he's, he's funny. He is. He's so funny. And, and He probably gets the best ending, too. Yeah, he, he's a good guy. Now, I don't uh, want to. I don't want to jump ahead, but that the ending for beer man for beer guy is pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he just keeps on hanging on. All right, you ready to break this one down? This is going to be tough. Yes, okay. let's do it. All right, so it starts off with Super Eight style clip of a guy picking up roadkill. Yeah, um, and then clips of a car crash. This car crash is the first thing that made me roll my eyes on this movie because the car runs into a wooden fence post and the next thing you see, it's upside down and on fire. GTA logic just is comic booky, You know, it's just, of course it's on fire. That's yeah. what do. Next thing we see is a Trans Am pulling into the parking lot of a bar and this begins the uh, character intro title card sequence, starting with Bozo. Bozo. Then we get Harley Mom, who is going to rob the place in just a few minutes. Hot Wheels, of course, is Bozo's brother. Uh, Coach is a motivational speaker whose laptop has been stolen. He he has some really cool lines throughout the movie about that. I don't know how he ended up in this bar. That never really gets... Everybody else, it makes sense why they're there. Yeah. But if this guy is, you know, trying to contact his folks about his stolen laptop, why is he in a bar in the middle of the desert? Yeah, he's like the Tony Robinson wannabe, and he's he's on his cell phone. He's like, I beat one. Why is this place getting a cell phone signal? This is like the bar in uh, Dusk of Dawn. Well, he was was on the payphone at the start of it. Oh, yeah, they did have a phone. They did have a payphone at the beginning, and it's good for a, a laugh here uh, before too much longer. An IBM into the, <laughs> into the mouth. <laughs> That's not going to help you, buddy. No, no, it's not going to help at all. Next, they introduce Grandma, whose life expectancy is may already be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a nice jab at uh, Mick Jagger in there, too. Uh, then they introduce uh, Jason Muse and a beer guy who, uh, you know, he's kind of played like Josh McDermott's character on The Walking Dead, Eugene. I can see that. A little bit. A little bit. 
And he was a model for JCPenney Springwear. Don't forget that. You see this? <laughs> I know you can't podcast, but yeah, that's that's my modeling thing. That's what I do. Yeah. It it looked better in his modeling clothes. When he does it, <laughs> like uh, Blue Steel or whatever, you know, Zoolander, like that that stupid vacuum with the baby face look like uh, uh yeah it's funny all right so after all the introductions are done the beer guy heads to the storage room to smoke a joint and gets caught by the boss man who runs him off but not before taking his weed you already like out the gate you hate the, the boss man Oh, yeah, absolutely. This guy is a complete piece of human trash. There's no redeeming quality to him yeah. at all. You just want him to die. And some of the people in this movie is like it. Like, on site, you're like, he'll let before the credit. And they're like, they're not going to do it. And he's, he's one of them. So downstairs, Bozo and Hot Wheels are teaming up to cheat at pool. Apparently, that's how Bozo makes his money, is cheating people at pool in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, he's like a townie. He's got like the custom pool case, and he just he, he thinks he's a you know like a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, but he he's he's just another asshole in the bouquet. You know, it's kind of par for the course in that kind of atmosphere. You know. Yeah, I can't understand why nobody will play pool with him when uh, everybody in this place knows him. Yeah, so that's why Jason Muse is in the middle of nowhere. He's just there to be the guy who doesn't know this con yet. <laughs> that's kind of yep. cool. Coach manages to work out a date with Honey Pie. Oh, man. And then screw that up when his wedding ring falls out of his, his wallet as he's paying his tab. That Honey Pie chick. She's been a... Stuff, right? She has, but nothing really of note that I could find. But she, in this movie, she does her job. Yeah, and her, and her job is is uh, coming up shortly after we see the monster. Uh, she's really just got one job. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about So after Beer Guy knocks over a pile of empty kegs and Bozo throws a fit because nobody will play pool with him, in comes the hero. Hero. He looks like G.I. Joe. Yeah, and he sounds very Bruce Campbell esque. With like, like it, it sounds like a British person being an American, like army guy. Like his his accent's like too clean cut, you know. He's coming in there with the hard lines. It's like a drill instructor, but he's wearing like a button up shirt, and like it's all, of course, it's all bloody and messed up and like you know ripped. But yeah, he thinks he's Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to think at first that he was uh, deliberately overacting the part, but I don't think he was. I think this is, you know, the guy's ability is, is at that level where he it's just everything's over the top dramatic all the time. Yeah, he's extreme, extreme. And he's like, you know, we come with me. We're in a world of hurt. Uh, you don't know what's be about five minutes out there. They're they're coming, man. And I'm the only one that's gonna save you. Man. And that's when the monster eats him. It's, it's insane how it is. Like, yeah, like gone. Bartender says, "Who the hell are you?" He looks dr a dramatic look to camera, and then he says, "I'm the guy who's gonna save your ass." And that's when the monster grabs him and bites his head off. Man, these monsters. The gore will mess with you. Because it's really gory, but it's done in a cartoon style. Yeah, it's really over the top. And you're not going to expect it if that scene was it. Like, because, like, later on in the movie, when they start pulling the gore, they start pulling, you know, like they do the punches. That, yeah, they're brutal. Yeah. But that first part kind of softens the blow. 
for later on because it makes it funny. So it's like when that later stuff happens, you already got a pie in your face. Well, yeah, that's that's what these creatures do. That's true. And every time, every time there's an injury, it's like somebody turned the garden hose on full blast uh, with, with the blood. Yeah. All the way to 11. All the way to 11, just hosing down the entire area. This is the first time that honey pie gets hosed down with blood. And this is why, when we learn why honey pie is in this movie. She's in this movie for one scene to take her clothes off. Not just that, but just to get her cleavage sprayed with blood and viscera. Yeah. Like, continuously. As <laughs> 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 Kind of clean and tailed off, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again, yeah. Don't even bother We're, trying to yeah, clean up. There's one point where she's like, screw it. This you is know, also when we learned that Bartender can't handle a gun at all. For some guy that made his living playing like, you know, cowboys on TV shows, he's shooting all over the place, isn't he? He is. Usually through uh, the roof. And I'm tr I'm trying to remember... Because I kind of think that he shot Boss Man in the foot twice while he was upstairs. Uh, shot one toe, and then I think shot him in the foot, the same foot, not the same spot, but like the same foot. Yes, or like that. So, like, yeah, Boss Man at this point, like, like right out the gate, he's injured, he's crippled. So, like, you got to think that about that. Uh, also, there's the guy in the wheelchair. So, you know. These things run pretty fast. I wouldn't say like they're they're not like a cheetah or something, but they 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 can get up on you real quick. We find that out uh, when heroin shows up. Hero's wife comes in after after Hero's head gets ripped off, and she wants somebody to help her board up the door. Well, the vet who's just returning home offers yeah. to help her, and of course that gets him killed. You can't be a voice in this universe. It's like as Mon soon as yeah, I'll help. I want to help you. Bam. You're, yeah, you're going down too. Yep. Monster punch through the door, through the table they put up against the door, and all the way through the vet. Thank you for your service. And this part of the movie is over for you. He was the rapper in Naughty by Nature. He's okay. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good dude. He's a B-movie veteran uh, too. He's, he's a good guy. This is the first time we actually get a decent look at the monster because the baby monster pops in through a window and starts zipping around the bar, chops off Harley Mom's leg, rips off Jason Mewes' face. Yeah, that was awesome. And then jumps up on the wall and starts humping a deer head. Wearing like a party hat stuff. It's like what you would see in like some trashy bar. It's like dusty. But yeah, he just, he goes to town on it. Bartender shoots at it, um, and they manage to lock the baby monster in the ice chest. Yeah, convenient. While all this is going on, Tuffy's having her meeting with the boss man. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure why she brings her kid to the bar with her. Oh, she lives there. Really? Yeah, there's like an apartment that's above the bar that's uh, like the boss man's, you know, and... Uh... I gotcha. She's working at the bar and, you know, his confidant. And so, like, yeah, the kid's just there. He's, like, watching TV. She kisses him, puts the headphones on because, you know, she goes back to his back room back there. And, yeah, I don't like that boss man guy, <laughs> you know? He's... No, he needs to die quick. Well, at this point, you know, all the shit goes around and he does get his foot shot off. So He does get his foot shot at least once, probably twice. The beer guy's trying to call for help while all of this is happening. I think Baby Monster ended up 
ripping the phone off the wall. That biker mom, she shot it off with like a 357. So after the baby monster's locked in the ice chest, Beer Man just hangs up the phone in one of the holes in the wall where the phone used to be. He's just panicking. He's trying to get the phone. And then like, yeah, the phone <clears throat> gets off the thing. Yeah, he's kind of in shock, and he's just trying to hang up the phone. That's when he realizes oh. the phone's not on the wall anymore, so he just sticks it in the hole where it used to be. Which is, that's yeah, that's funny. He's kind of like the comic relief. Anything that he does is kind of like, you know, Chevy Chase when he was actually funny. It's like, it just kind of adds to the the whole comedy, the whole situation, you know? Yep. It's little things like that. So boss man comes downstairs. He's using Tuffy as a crutch to get him down the stairs and looking for the guy who shot him. Bartender did it both times, but they blame it on the dead guy, of course. Yeah. And this is when they remember, well, the kid's still upstairs. So they run up to get the kid. That's it. And they're like, they're not going to kill a kid, are but they? The well, the kid really doesn't have much of a part in this story. So, yeah, the monster eats the kid. Straight up. That's a real tough scene. That's what I'm talking about. Like, they're screaming and stuff and Tuffy and, like, she that howl that she releases. Like, my kid, you know, and there, he's, like, all, you know, it, all, he, all you see is, like, his legs, like, going into a wood chipper at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a <laughs> comfortable scene at all. It's super uncomfortable. I'm... I don't but like any story where that deliberately hurts the kids, but you know, uh, this is the kid didn't really have a, a spot in this story anyway. Yeah. He's, he's just, it's just background. Yeah. And then once that happens and then like all of a sudden, like the blood just sports up like an evil dead movie. And then you're back in the cartoon world again, you know, it's like, yeah, split second was harrowing, but then cause they kind of desensitized you in the beginning. You're like, all right, yeah, give me more of whatever just happened. Yeah, so it just it just dulls that that sharp point from watching a kid get killed down to um oh great. The the big bag of trash with a bull skull on it is barfing across the room now. That's uh, it. Oh man. <laughs> it that's like a Nickelodeon thing. It's it projectile vomiting maggots and buggers and whatever this speaker is extruding well when they when they when they come back downstairs after all that's done beer guy is just slimed that's all he's just covered with slime it's not until he gets into the kitchen that you start to see the worms in his hair yeah that's right it's just like but it seems like it's pouring out like that's an, an unusual amount of like i'm you know it's weird. Right, right. So this is one monster. I mean, yeah, it looks like a shambling mound with a with a bull skull on top of. But it's one monster, relatively human size, that barfs up about twenty five gallons of slime. Yeah, it's just a meat thing with like fur patches. Yeah, yeah. It, it is just a cartoon amount of monster barf, uh, slime and the beer guy. They're really gross looking. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like, I don't know, someone took like a pig and like maybe mushed its face or something. A photocopy of it. It's just weird looking every time you see this thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what it was supposed to look like. It just looks like a pile of trash. Like a like a 50s or 60s or not. Actually, like more like a 70s drive-in movie monsters. Just, yeah, yeah, definitely it, a rubber suit monster. Oh, yeah. Rubber suit, but like covered in just gross. 
So he goes into the kitchen and he's trying to wash uh, worms out of his hair. They look like wax worms, I guess, with almost no uh, water pressure. I mean, he's got Ashland City style water pressure there. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, like uh, the the sink, those like little sink hoses. Yeah, it's like that. That's how weak the shower is. Just that little sprayer nozzle. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the shower and rock and roll nightmare. <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, it's so weak. So there's no cell service in this area. Their payphone is gone. So they have to resort to a ham radio, which they call a shortwave radio, but they use it like a CB radio. Yeah, I didn't get that. They they just uh, it's just yeah like a, a mouthpiece. Uh, come in, you know, break a record. Yep. What? That, that's not proper radio etiquette. No, it's not. Well, beer guy has had enough. He freaks out and he heads for the door, uh, but he doesn't make it because heroin pulls out the kung fu on him. Well, at this point, like everybody's shocked, and beer guy to me seems like he's making the most sense because right at, later on he is not making sense at all. He, you know, <laughs> and he's he's talking like you know he got a concussion. You know, it's like you know in and out ramblings. Yeah, this he's in is, shock. He's like, y'all don't care about me. That thing vomited on me, and y'all didn't do nothing. And like, look at us now. Look at us. We're all dead. Y'all don't even care. Like, he <laughs> don't want to make sense. Everybody else seems almost defeated already. So he's gonna. He he wants to get out and and go. And it makes sense to get out and go. But everybody else has to do the stereotypical horror movie thing. We can't go. We've got to stay and fight this thing that's already killed several people. Uh, you already see uh, that one guy, Bozo, trying to make designs. Like, you know, you see it in his head. Like, oh, I can be the leader. And like, you know, that would yeah. be badass. And everybody's like, you know, playing their part and stuff. Uh, the, the bartenders, he, he seems like the only one that's got any empathy for anybody, you know, because he's a bartender. Right, uh, right. And everybody else is just like worrying. They're just shitting bullets. It's a great setup. They're like, this is where you know from this on, this is... The monsters, yeah, they're scary, they're gory, but it's about really, like, people. And it's like a zombie movie, you know? You get locked in a house. I'm all right with those guys. I can outrun those guys. I can get away. But it's like I'm locked in with you guys, you know? And you're you're a monster. They start making preparations to fortify the bar. This is our first montage of the movie. Don't worry, it's not the last montage. That's what happens in bottle episodes. It's like you get time after each little, like, you know, like the Breakfast Club, you know. Yeah. First cry is about our problems, then we're gonna smoke weed and dance in the library. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they are boarding, barricading all the doors and windows. Uh, Watching some of the, the windows. Some of the windows they're barricading just by setting a chair in front of it. Somewhere <laughs> they got a bunch of extra doors to nail across some doors. Uh, like that bar doesn't make any sense at all. No, right? it makes no sense. It's like the gas station in like uh maximum overdrive. You know, it's like why you got this like really cool arcade on the side of this shitty gas station? Yeah. Why is there uh, a you know military bunker under here with all these like you know uh bazookas? <laughs> you running? What you doing? Like it's like that. You go if you need something, go in that basement. You're gonna find like thirty of whatever you need, and that's just unreal. But I guess in a movie like this, it helps. You know. I mean, it's the only way the story works, I guess. That, yeah. Because movie. That's Yes, this is the way these movies are supposed to work. So we're going to do it that way. Then they gather up the corpses and 
wrap them up in tablecloths and pile them in the basement. Yeah. Hey everybody, Mike McDonald here. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our Patreon, where you can support this podcast for as little as $1 per episode. And when you make a pledge at any level, that money allows us to make donations to film schools all across the country. It's our way of giving a little something back to the great people who make the movies we enjoy so much. So go to patreon.com slash cdfpod and join at any level. No matter which level you choose, we think you're awesome for supporting the filmmakers of tomorrow. Patreon.com slash CDFpod. Now, the baby monster in the ice chest isn't making much of a fuss at this point, so let's poke him. Yeah, I think that's the like coach's idea or something. I think boss man decides he's going to maybe coach um, or boss man, but one of the two decide they're going to kill the monster, and so they start shooting through the ice chest. Um that just gets him all kinds of riled up. Yeah. <clears throat> Messed up your ice chest. Two, now you, you've pissed him off. Uh, three, there's now a hole in your ice chest. That's just, you can't keep it in there. And so the baby monster goes one up on the hole in the ice chest and punches through the ice chest to uh, get a hold of boss man's leg. Tuffy comes to the rescue by shoving bartender's uh, shotgun through that hole and uh, blowing away the baby monster. That was cool, too. It, it sounded really like the sound design on that shot. Yeah. Was like in that cooler. It was like, oh, man, yeah, that's, that's what that would sound like. Yeah. So Coach decides they need a display of strength in order to intimidate these monsters and make them leave. So they throw the dead baby out there to them. Yeah, doesn't they, like he's like he's got the carcass of the thing on a, like a stick or a flagpole or something, and he's like telling them all, yeah, no, this is like a species thing. We got we got to get inside their head and let them know, you know, yeah, we're not messing around either. And it's like I'm gonna show them this dead baby on a stick. Yeah. So so mom and dad, uh, here's your kid. Um, I just killed your kid. That can't go wrong. It does. It, it does. Up. Yeah. Oh man. You go ahead, man. Tell them what they do. The the monsters eat the corpse of the baby and yes. immediately start humping and drop out a new baby. I like clockwork. And it, this this is one of the reasons why I like grandma so much, because they set off the car alarm. And she just she just looks up with the remote and hits the button to shut off the alarm and goes back to her beer. Boop, boop. <laughs> Of course, you'd probably be the only one that had a car alarm in this place, too. <laughs> there are only eight people within a hundred mile radius. So, yes, the car or is locked cars. and the alarm is armed. Yeah. Oh, man, it's movie. So now we get a flashback uh, to hero and heroine's story. Then it turns out uh, the monsters were coming after them because <laughs> they ran over one of them in the road. Just like a hit hit and run. It was yeah. like, that, like this bump. What was that? Which so, hero and heroine are actually the cause of all this trouble. If they hadn't gone, come to this bar, everybody would have been okay tonight. Yeah. It seemed like they hijacked some other horror movie and they brought it to this horror movie. Like, their horror movie was probably terrible, too. But it didn't have this, like, <laughs> it was probably all, like, military scientists and stuff. It's like... But no, now we're in a cool, like, you know, bar. He has like that 
Americana, you know, stuff for everybody, you know, you know, these people. Yeah. You live with these people, you know, it's, it's kind of cool like that. You get to see their reactions to this situation. So now that things have kind of quieted down, we can take a look at, um, at what's going on. And uh, like you mentioned, Bozo's trying to take charge in probably the lamest possible way. He's yeah. threatening grandma to give them information about legends because she's old and she knows things. Oh, so yeah. of, of course, if you're old, you've heard about monsters like this. Yeah. I mean, that's right, right, Mike? <laughs> what, Man. You, you're calling me old now? I, no, I know. You know, used to, you know, tell me stories and stuff. And not about monsters, but you, know, you can if you want to. I guess that's, that's what we're doing now. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be starting to tell people stories about monsters here in a couple of years. So, yeah, guy, you know, at least I studied them. Yep. <laughs> And beer guy is starting to melt from all the monster puke. Yeah. Oh, man. That guy is like, I don't know, like a slimy Salisbury steak for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and it just gets worse. It just gets worse. His face is literally melting off. <laughs> so, anybody Funny got friend. any chapstick? Yeah. Oh, God. He has such a great life. And only that guy could do Judah Friendly. He's a great dude. Yeah. This is he's he really does this part up well, um, you know, uh, uh, again, more respect for the role than this movie deserves. Yes, I think that's everybody's going in was was that is like, you this of course, is a piece of crap. But, you know, let's let's ham it up. And we only see this one time and, and it's just for a second. But there's something crawling under beer guy's skin. They're like uh, like a like a little uh, was it like a. Like they did in the in uh that's Exorcist. They're like it's like a, a air pump or something under a bladder. Yeah. The skin you kind of see it like kind of bubble or ooze. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's gross. And then they just they just uh back off of that entirely. It's like that I've got this gag. Uh, yeah. That I want to put in the film. It doesn't fit anywhere, so we're just gonna throw it in there and never mention. It. Does it look gross? Eh, kind of. And yeah, we're putting. <laughs> yeah. It, it was kind of a thing. It's like, you know, some dude sitting on set all day, throwing around with an air bladder. It's like, ooh, this would be cool, you know? Yeah, their, their special effects guy got to try all the things he ever wanted to try. He, he got to pad the count is what he got to do. He probably got a couple nice, like, chunk change out of that one little stupid gag. So Beer Guy's out peeking out the windows, to, trying to see if he can see the rescuers coming. The rescuers. Uh, but the monster... Rips his eyeball out. Well, no, he, he sees the monsters like they're out behind the car doing it. Yeah, like the whole time, like it's like they're like <clears> they they that they're inside plotting against them, so they're gonna increase their numbers. And this is another one of those things where we've got a, a potentially uh, really powerful piece of body horror that gets uh, neutered by the cartoonish aspect of it. Where um, you know the the monster's pulling his eyeball out, but apparently his optic nerve is like seven feet long. And it's strong as hell. It is. It's like rhubarb or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't they have to like cut it to like separate him from his eye or something? No, no. It just snaps. It just snaps. It just yeah, snaps. Was... And then the monster punches through the wall and steals Coach's pants, which sets up 
the funniest <laughs> running gag where Coach is now dressed in hot pink pants. I think they say precious or something on the butt. <laughs> and, he's wearing- <laughs> and he just looks kind of like a pirate or something. It's an odd combination. And, and com- totally trying to act like he's... This is normal. I wear this all the time. And, and maybe yeah. he does. He's always trying to sell you something. Yeah. It's always, a, you know, a pyramid scheme. Even when he's wearing hot pink booty pants. <laughs> Bozo's got to go upstairs and try to get the shortwave ham CB radio. Did, did they did they vote him? Or he just like, man, I'm going to go up there and get... I, I think that uh, heroin sent him up there. Yeah, that's right. She's she's got the shotgun. Right. So. She's going down to the basement to get supplies, and they need to go upstairs and uh, see if they can get on the radio and get some help called. And, of course, they need to lock him in the room while he does that. Yeah, yeah. don't lock it. You yeah. door. Don't lock a door. Bozo's cowardly streak is really put on display here because he takes bartender with him uh, because... You're slow, and that's helpful. And when we see him get upstairs, you see exactly what he had in mind because bartender's walking out in front. That means if something starts chasing them and they've got to run, bartender's in the back. He's the one that's going to get eaten, and the rest of them can get away. It's a carrot on a stick. It's like, here, they eat this, not me. The old shim champ. Yeah. <laughs> and while this is going on, the beer guy's passed out on the pool table, so Honey Pie starts poking him with a fork. <laughs> That's more that guy's probably seen in a couple of rough ones right there. <laughs> Is he dead? So they, they get the they get upstairs and they lock Bozo in the room as he tries to get the radio and he's he's uh he's trying to set up a jump scare that's never gonna happen. Yeah. He opens the uh closet and moves clothes aside to get to the radio. He gets to the radio, but as he starts uh, calling for help, the monster grabs the radio and starts snatching it away. So they're bad. <laughs> and he uses every clue. It's so clear that he has no clue what he's doing here, and, and it's supposed to be that way because uh, he uses every radio cliche he's ever heard, including calling all cars. I'm surprised he didn't. Car 54, where are you? <laughs> That's a deep cut, right? That is a deep cut. That's a very deep cut. Grandpa Monster of the Cop. <laughs> SOS Mayday. Bozo wants out of the room. Uh, bartender's trying to get the door unlocked, but he breaks the key off in it. Of course, that's why I say, man, never lock doors. You never. Always, yeah. You're setting yourself up for, like, you know, that situation. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Heroin gets up there to help him. Uh, apparently, she can pick a lock with an earring, so she rips the earring out of bartender's ear and gets the door open. They get Bozo out and slam the door shut, but not before the monster gets its wiener through the door. There's a monster cock stuck in the door. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a guar concert, you know? It, it's perfect. <laughs> It's a uh, second or third time, you know, it's like, hey, it's like, it, it, it's like, you know, a friendly dog or something. I don't know. It's just wagging and stuff. It, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never would suspect that you'd be okay with seeing something like that. But like, oh, hey, yeah, right there. Yeah. I think they probably wrote this script uh, while they were in junior high school. <laughs> 
Oh no, man! This they is... both got the script in junior high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some like Beavis and Butthead kids, you know? Right. So they all get downstairs, and Bozo wants Hot Wheels to hold him now. So he's he's climbing up on the kid's lap in his wheelchair. That's like if you're like about to climb and tie your rope to like a rock, not like a big stone, just like a small little rock. Not that you're gonna hold that there. It's a guy in a wheelchair. It's, that's that kind of is comic gold right there when it happens. Like, also, why are there bats in Boss Man's closet? I think that's like just a Texas thing. I, I believe that like you just go to Texas and there's bats and everything. Oh God! Like <laughs> boxes of cereal and stuff, you just open and just bats come out. I've never been to Texas though. Uh, Texans, like yeah, I'm not like putting you down or nothing. It's just what's up with the bats? Yeah, movie bats, right? With like Lou Diamond Phillips and stuff. Well, if anybody in Texas is listening to this show, uh, you need to write us and tell us whether or not you folks actually keep bats in your closet. We know you do. Don't play. <laughs> I've seen, you know, Unsolved Mysteries. I know what's going on down there. They're putting bats in the closets, man. <laughs> okay, so it's time for Coach to give yet another motivational speech, this time wearing the sweet, the pink sweatpants. It kind of does like once they put those pants on, it looks like Steve the pirate from Dodgeball. <laughs> like I think his shirt's tucked in. He does. You know? Like I think that's why he looks like a pirate in my head. I don't know. <laughs> now, beer guy uh, suggests escaping through the basement hatch door because the monsters don't know about that. See, that worked. That that worked in Maximum Overdrive. Um, yeah, door. It's I a, mean, it's like a delivery thing, right? It's like a dummy waiter or something, right? Or, well, that's what I thought, too. It turns out it's just a window. It's just a window. How did I not know about a window, though? I mean, I know they're monsters, but that just, that's, that's an opening. Maybe, they know about opening. Maybe they just don't know about that one. Yeah, they're, you know, focused on the dead baby doors, so we got that one. Okay. Yeah. Heroin's going to make a run for Boss Man's truck. They just need to give the monsters a corpse loaded up with explosives to eat. Or oh, maybe roll barrels at them Donkey Kong style. Kong style. I love that. That's one <laughs> because you know it would work. I would have gone with that. <laughs> it worked for Donkey Kong. It worked for Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. When I was playing Donkey Kong, I could not get past those barrels. Every every single time the barrels would get me. It's a sound strategy. Yeah, I'm with that. So Honey Pie goes to check on the beer guy uh, since he's had his eyeball ripped out and his face is melting. Um, now he's got worms coming out of his empty eye socket. Just pouring out. Yeah. It's like a watering can. Every time he leans forward, it seems like more just like this, like just comes out. It's gross. It, it's, it's a really disturbing effect. Uh, that's probably, probably one of the most disturbing effects for me in this entire movie. Because you know they don't have like a CGI budget. That's real magic. No, those are those are wax worms. Yeah, that's somebody's fish bait there. But uh, I mean, um, wax worms pretty harmless. They're not slimy, but they're big and they're fat and they're yellow. And in this context, they're very very disturbing. They're gross. I'm not putting them out. That is gross. And Honey Pie loses it at this point. And she's in the, in, at the dish sink barfing. 
And Bozo just can't help himself. He's got a hit on her while she's puking. This scummy guy. I want oh. I want him to die now too. This yeah, this movie like really messes head because like at first you're like oh i like that guy you know i do not like that guy exactly and it's like when is this guy gonna die you can almost like place bets there are a couple people that you instantly dislike like boss man and like coach but then there are folks like tuffy and bozo that maybe you like them at first and then you don't like them or the other way around but it's kind of a roller coaster you just you just got to go for the ride Go for it, yeah. You're strapped in. What what's up? You know, you bought the ticket. <laughs> you knew what's going. On. So we got another montage now. This time oh, preparing for battle. Uh, Hot battle Wheels mon- is making uh, is making bombs and Molotov cocktails, and you knew that was coming. I think they're like you know they're loading all the guns that they have. If they have any leftover ammunition right now. They're getting everything ready to go. Getting everything ready. They got secret- ladders now. Um, they, they, they are, they're all set. So they've got the corpse of Harley moms strapped down and wrapped up with bombs. Of course. And they're going to shove her out the hole in the second story wall as bait for the monsters. Only Did problem, they... only problem with that plan is that they realize Harley mom's still alive. Yeah, she just like snaps out and starts screaming at everybody. Yeah. Like you thought she... Uh, they they like the monsters. They uh, they just like kind of like sliced her leg <laughs> off, like a way, and you don't really hear after that. And then then they bring her out as bait. And... Yeah, monster cut her leg off. She she took her bandana and made a tourniquet and passed out. And they assumed she was dead. You know they say about people that assume things. You know they uh, end up getting fed to monsters. No, they they make an ass assume a tourniquet. <laughs> that's a terrible joke i'm gonna stop saying that uh but yeah she's screaming and they're gonna launch her you know it's it's too late now Stick it is too late it's too late so they push her out the window the new baby monster grabs her and starts dragging her off and they blow her up while the baby monster's humping her face you don't hear her screaming no more no and then explosion huge explosion huge explosion it's like three towns over yeah it's, it's this that that is a massive explosion for a half a dozen bottles of booze and three cans of hairspray. And maybe it's Aquanet. If it was Aquanet, it's now a completely believable fireball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those fireballs are always cool when they do those in movies too. Yeah. That little just big gasoline fireball, yeah. So once the explosion goes off, uh, Heroin decides to create a distraction for Coach, uh, who is going to run for the truck that she appears to be standing right in front of. I don't know why she just didn't get in it. And as he hits out the window, Coach says, great men will write about my bravery. For some reason, now she's running to the front door and trying to get in, uh, which freaks out Beer Guy completely. Yeah, he's he's totally lost it at this point. Like that, his brain's starting to melt. Yeah, uh, and his face is getting even worse because Tuffy shuts him up by shoving a shotgun through his melting face. It sounds about as lovely <clears throat> as <I> imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Bozo and Boss Man are fighting over the gun upstairs. Bozo gets the gun and shoots at the monster coming through the window. 
except the monster is heroin and he's just killed her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What does he say there? He said something funny. Like, oh, shit. You know, it's like, it was classic Clue Gallagher. Like, his delivery on that whole thing was kind of like, yep, I expected that. The whole spatial sequence is off for me here, you know. Uh, she climbs out at the basement window uh, right in front of the truck that they're trying to get into, but she won't get into it. Then that she's beating on the front door of the bar, and a few seconds later, she's climbing through a hole in the wall in the second story. Is there? There's not even a ladder, I don't think. She's like just no, no. She building. just climbed up the side of the building. Yeah, it's at this time that the most reasonable response in this entire movie takes place. Grandma grabs a bottle of booze and heads to the walk-in cooler. See, I would have done that like day one. Immediately. Immediately. As soon as like, he came through the door with a monster head in the beginning of this thing, I would have headed for the walk-in cooler. Yeah, I'm out. So now Tuffy takes charge, and we get our final title card at the movie as Tuffy becomes heroin too. Uh, which that that I, I like that thing, that whole thing. Like they didn't <laughs> like what we're updating it. She yep. deserves an. You just got a promotion. Promoted. And as I was watching this through the last time, I said, oh, what the hell happened to Coach here? Well, we find out because they're using Coach as a battering ram to try to bust open the front doors. Uh, and again, uh, again with the uh, fire hose full of blood. Yes, coating everybody, especially Honey Pie. Especially Honey Pie. That's what she's there for. She's the target for the blood spray. And she springs real good, too, like. She's one of them scream queens. Like, I think I only see her in, like, WB shows or whatever. But, yeah, she's... she's. So, Bartender gives the beer guy a Molotov cocktail to throw at the monsters while Bozo gets ready to launch the Donkey Kong barrels. (laughs) (laughs) They do do launch the barrels. uh, First first a keg, which the monster just catches. So, Tuffy shoots the keg, and it makes, like, a, a, a Coke bottle water rocket then they let go with the big barrel this is definitely going to get them right except the monster just steps off to the side and lets it roll by you can't do that in donkey kong you know the mario's going to go left and right he's not going to go off to the side well they didn't have like you know 3d games yet my they didn't have that training in their simulation so they couldn't implement that into you know real life uh they're stupid yeah <laughs> so Honey Pie decides to make a run for the beer truck and she makes it. And they all think she's going to drive back to the bar and let them all get in. But no, she's out. Yeah. She's gone. Oh man. She's told yeah, it's like, oh no, I think she's coming back. And then she just kind of comes back to laugh at him and then drive away. <laughs> <laughs> like they're smiling in the drive in the parking lot, like, <laughs> losers. And like she just keeps on going. And I was waiting to see maybe the monster jumps on the truck and snatches her out through the windshield or something like that. No, no, she's just gone. She made it. She's free. Yeah. She drove into the next movie. Yeah. Like, so that she she made it. Good for her. So uh, the monster comes through the front door of the bar at this point, and it turns out that the big shambling noun costume is kind of a magic mic costume and he just rips it right down the middle and we've got a big slimy muscular version of venom yeah or yeah it's like carnage under that all that stuff yeah it's like they make organic like out of dead animals out of roadkill 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like they're using they're using roadkill and and other dead animals as as just a costume. Yeah. But, but when I'm serious, the costume's coming off, and you're gonna see my slimy muscles. Yeah, it's kind of like Frank from uh, Hellraiser too. It's like Frank without a nose. It's, it's, yeah. It's gross and uh, <clears throat> muscly muscle tissue. Great monster design because it's like, but you know, you don't really need it. You know what it is. Put you know deer body parts on it and it just obscure. Well, I mean, there's it's kind of a smart decision because throughout this whole movie, we see a couple different things. We see the little slimy baby monster, but we see these big um, hulking things outside too, which is obviously a guy under a pile of trash. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, then def- we've got this big reveal and it's actually a freaking homicidal monster under there. So that's that I liked that. That was good. It's good. I like that too, man. Earlier in the battle prep montage, we saw Bozo practicing uh his bear trap fighting, which yeah. just looks stupid. But this is where it pays off. Boss man's laying on the floor, telling them, you guys can all try and escape and make good moving targets. I'm going to stay here and be quiet and let them forget about me. And that's when the monster punches up through the floor, right through his gut. Never assume stuff, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you say, oh, I'm, I know what I'm doing, or I got this. No, you don't have this. No, you don't. Murphy Hall. That's yeah. when you're going to die. And, of course, yeah. trying to save himself as the monster pulls him down into the basement, he grabs a hold of Hot Wheels' wheelchair and flips him over. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, the monster's going to eat him next, except Hot Wheels yeah. gets a hold of the bear trap and chops the monster's head off with it. <laughs> The ridiculous bear trap kung fu finally actually paid off. I and mean, now they, they teach that in strip malls. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> you got... You got uh, taekwondo, hot chicken, bear trap fighting, and then nails. That'd be really funny if they started doing that. <laughs> like this comes out, we we're joking around, but it's like, oh no, that's that's a legit thing now. Yep, bear trap fighting. That's the next CrossFit. So the bartender and Bozo pin the venom monster on the floor while Tuffy tries to shoot it, but the shotgun misfires, so she just flips it around and starts bashing him in the face with the butt of the shotgun. The bartender chooses this point to have a heart attack, so the monster rips his throat out, so he double dies, and Tuffy shoves her monster, or shoves her arm down the monster's throat and chokes him to death. So everybody that's ever taken charge except for Bozo, I think at this point, is dead. Right. Yeah, so now you've got like, just a handful of well, at this point, it's, it's a weird movie to talk about because it's not a lot that happens. It's just these people slowly getting slaughtered. But the like the human interaction and you know, like you just you, it, it tells like so many chapters and just like the, their little, you know, backwards and forwards, you know. Yeah. And there's not really any evolution. You know, we see beer guy slowly melt away until he gets his head popped like a water balloon. We see... Bozo never really redeems himself. He just kind of uh, doesn't die. No, it's a, uh, you know, <clears throat> bad don't die. They just grow old. So now the sun's coming up and monsters can't fight when the sun is up. So this movie's over. Um, 
it was uh, it was at this uh so Tuffy, Bozo, and Hot Wheels just walk out of the bar uh, and load into his car and they go off to find heroin's daughter. The theme music starts and they're driving off <laughs> and his car dies. Music goes with the car too. It's like they managed to get it started again. Yeah. But it goes, it's so, you're like, oh man, like, yeah, of course that would happen. They're having yeah. the worst luck ever. They get the car started and they take off uh, down the road into the sunrise. But I found myself wondering during that whole sequence, there, that was, there was another monster, right? Right. There was. So we cut back to the interior of the bar. We see grandma start to come out of the cooler and the last monster eats her. Gore credits. That's it. That's the end of that, the movie. Uh, short movie too. It's like uh Yeah, it's like eighty two minutes, eighty six minutes, something uh, like that. They do so much in those eighty two minutes. There's a lot of action packed in there. I will give them that. It's not a boring movie. It, There's yeah, no pissing time. It's that guy comes in the door. It is on. Yeah. It it was fun. I'm glad you recommended this one, Jesse. I had a lot of fun watching it. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. I, I, that's that's my passion. It's just like, you know, hey. You ever hear this? I, I know you've never heard of it, but I, I'm I'm giving you watch this. Don't tell me what you think of it because I already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are no surprises uh, with this movie. It's pretty straightforward formula, um, it, but it is kind of entertaining. Yeah, and it's like a family affair. Uh, the director, like we said, his dad was in it. Uh, Harley, mom, that's his wife. Yeah, yeah. And so like you know, and then in, in in the sequels, they bring more people in. They bring in his his baby. They bring in his brother. Uh, you know, because going. they're the only people that would work for that little money. Well, yeah, but it's <laughs> like you know, like it's you get to have like a little vacation, spend with your family, and get to write it off and get paid. So it's that's cool, you know. And uh, we got these three great movies, <laughs> which I'm, I'm gonna say, yeah, the, the next two. They cut. They're they're not the same because they didn't have the studio back them. They didn't have you know Ben Affleck's money, right? So the the next two story wise and stuff, not as great. They still same themes are there. The same uh, grossness turned up to eleven, and they don't pull punches, man. It's it's all knockout. They get more westerny, you know. It's like it starts to become like uh, the uh, Sierra Leone, you know, the spaghetti westerns, like yeah. Those. They yeah they get like really into that in those later movies. Okay, uh, I used to watch them every Thanksgiving, uh, which is weird. But you yeah, know. that that's um, that doesn't surprise me that you would say that, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or the apes, and you know I'm full of turkey at that point. I don't want to, you know, I just want to be entertained. I don't want to think about you know right. apes planets. <laughs> <laughs> Couple uh, guys in uh, monster suits, a couple gallons of blood, good stuff. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie's 
so awesome, it probably shouldn't have been made. <laughs>